All right, quick need to know here. Sens taking on the Oilers tomorrow. We'll have it for you on TSN 1200. There's six back of the Islanders, two games in hand. Tonight of the three games of note, Buffalo at Toronto. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, a three-year deal with the Raiders today. Austin Eckler eyeing a trade after extension talks have stalled. Canada plays the U.S. in the World Baseball Classic as we head to the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Pleased to be joined by our next guest. He's a champion once again. And not only that, MVP of the U Sports Final Eight, Ottawa native, Carlton Raven, Aiden Warnholtz joining us. Aiden, how you doing today? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on with us. Uh, how does it feel to be a champion once again? You've been a Raven for four years, and you've won a championship every year. Uh, how does that feel after uh, just a wild game yesterday against St. FX? Yeah, I mean, it feels pretty surreal, honestly. Um, like you said, I've been a part of four championships now, but <laughs> everyone has felt you know, very different and very special in its own right. Um, I think this team this year has you know, gone through a lot more maybe adversity than other teams have in the past with losing a few more games during the regular season. Um, and some of the kind of doubts that uh, people had about this team, whether we were able to get it done. So, you know, I'm just super proud of uh, what we were able to accomplish as a team and, you know, all the different guys and being able to step up at the right times to feel to really win when it, when it mattered down the stretch. So, yeah, uh, it just feels great. You talk about people outside <clears throat> having some doubts about this team. Like, can you afford to ever let that kind of, of thought into your minds internally as you're chasing a championship? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to at times, you know, when you lose a couple of games in a row that you feel like you maybe should have won to have a little bit of that, of that you know, doubt of can we do this? But I think it's the important thing is to, you know, get by that and just realize that, you know, we put in a ton of hard work. Um, we have guys and give coaches here that know what it takes to win championships um, so we know that we have all the pieces and all the capability to do it. So it's kind of just reminding yourself of that and, uh, you know, focusing on, on just working as a team and staying together. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to listen to what other people say, then, uh, you really just got to use this as fuel. Um, so if anything, it just motivated us more, I think. The adversity you guys faced right from the start, um, you know, losing to, some big-time NCAA programs, but you've been, in past years, uh, you know, awfully competitive with some of the top teams, and you maybe took it on the chin a little bit this year. Did did that help start the process of kind of realizing, well, we've we've got to figure some things out here because we don't have the same team that we've had in previous years? I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, we, we lost a number of guys from last year. Um, we had a, a young team definitely uh, this year, especially with some of those games we didn't have, uh, you know, some of our, our older players as well. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a, of a wake-up call and to think, you know, if, if we want to do something special with this season, uh, we're going to have to really start getting things going, um, you know, mentally, physically. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a wake up call and, and just, uh, you know, make sure that if we're going to get it done, we just had to put in extra work. Completely understandable that you're losing the voice a little bit. What was the party like? And, and most importantly for me, four in a row, 
compare the four mm-hmm. celebrations. Did they did each one get bigger or does it go the other way? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not a huge partier myself. Uh, <laughs> so this is maybe one of the few times that I get out of during the year just to, you know, be out there with the guys. So, um, you know, I just enjoy uh, part of it is just kind of sitting back and watching everybody just enjoy the moment yep, a little yep. bit. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely had a good time. Uh, got in late last night, and then our flight got delayed this morning, so that was a, a little bit of a, a nice surprise to have, a little extra sleep. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't say they get smaller. Um, <laughs> it, it was a good time for sure. Good. That reset after losing to Ottawa in your own gym uh, in the OUA final, uh, what, what was – kind of the sense around the group after you lost that game going into nationals. It's, it's funny because every time that, you know, at least in the last 20 years that a, a Carlton men's team has lost the OUA final, they've found a way to win the national championship. So what, what did you learn from that experience and what was the mood of the group after losing to, to the GGs? Yeah. I mean, you, you never want to have to lose to, to then win, but um, I think it was in the long run, it, it was, it was what we needed. It was a bit of a kick in the butt and, and to realize that, you know, always, always a great team. And if we're going to win this thing, we're going to have to beat three really good teams in three days. Um, and we're going to have to do that by doing all the little things. You know, when we lost that game to Ottawa, they, they pounded us on the glass, uh, and they were kind of doing what they wanted to do. So, um, you know, if, if we wanted to get things done we, and that's the thing after that game too, we knew that you know they had a good, they played well. I'll credit to them, but we also knew that there was a lot of tangible things that we could fix. That you know, like I said, like doing the little things, boxing out, rebounding. So if we were able to figure those things out, um, then you know we we knew we had uh, all the chance in the world to win this weekend. I like listening to Dave Smart when he's on the station here with AJ and Lee. And and one of the things that he's always pushing is, you know, you you practice harder than any game is going to be. And how much how much does that <clears throat> how much does that benefit you guys when you're in double overtime with a national championship on the line and, and uh does it enter your mind like all that preparation and that feeling like we're we're ready for this? Like this isn't gonna be harder than anything we've done in practice all year? I mean a hundred percent. I think uh, some of the guys were saying it even even today. It was like when we were kind of going into that double overtime, you know, legs tired. But there's like, you know what? It's, this is not the first time I've felt like my legs are like this. So we, you know, that's why we practice like that. And uh, to be able to kind of fight through those moments where, you know, you feel like you might not be able to make it through. But then you think, no, I've done this before. I can do it again. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely helps for sure. What's going through your mind before you put up that – I mean, there there are so many great moments in that game yesterday against St. FX. It truly is an all-time classic that'll stand up for the ages. Um, but what's going through your mind uh, down three as uh, you, you look to to tie things up with that off-balance three that tied it with 13 seconds to go? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I was just thinking we got to score. Uh, you know, Connor gave me the ball up top, and I – I was just thinking, I got to get one up here pretty soon, and you know the defender took away my my first look on on the step back, so I thought I'd try to step through. Uh, I thought maybe I'd get a bit of a foul call, but you know it's kind of tough to get calls like that late in the game. Um, 
and then I just <laughs> threw it up, you know, as best I could, and uh, said a bit of a prayer, and hmm. and uh, thankfully it was answered. <laughs> when you got into double overtime, did you realize at that point, wow, this this game is an all timer. Like, what's what's going through your mind as they, you know, answer in in overtime with a, a, a late three of their own to to force double OT. Yeah, well, I mean, I missed the free throw at the end of the first OT to kind of seal the game there. So, I mean, that was kind of a tough one to swallow in the moment. But then I remember uh, Connor Freakin, a teammate, was just saying, like, "Here we go, boys, play a little more basketball." And you know, I was like, you know what? Yeah, we got five more minutes and. We- Let's refocus here, uh, and you know, five more minutes to win a championship uh, is what it took. Can you rank? Can you rank the wins? People always ask that, and I and and I thought you made a great point off of the top that we look at it from the outside and say, oh, they won four in a row, and and you make the point that four, and they were all so different from each other. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, when you ask somebody that question, they'll tell you that the one that they just won is the best one but how how do you how do you put them in how do you put them in context uh i mean it definitely is hard to rank them just you know different experiences i've kind of had different roles uh yeah, yeah. for the team um so kind of for everything to to come full circle for me not playing really much at all in my first year in the championship and then to kind of learning from those guys that led us there uh, to trying to be one of the, the leaders on the team that's, you know, kind of leading the way. Um, I mean, this one's definitely super special just from all the, all the struggles and, and, you know, some of the guys that I've played with for, like, like I mentioned Connor Reagan earlier, I've played with him for, for seven years now from mm. before Carlton. Yeah. So, you know, to, to get one for us as, as some of the leaders of this team, um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to put them in order, but I'd say this one maybe probably tops the cake. Aiden Warnholtz, uh, U-Sports Final Eight MVP and four-time champion with the Carlton Ravens men's basketball team joining us on the drive. Are you, are you driven to win five in a row like the, uh, the, the greats of Carlton Pass, whether it's Oswaldo Genti and Aaron Dornacamp or, you know, Phil and Thomas Scrub? I mean, to win four in a row is incredible, but how driven are you to, to kind of match that feat by some of the greats of Ravens past? Yeah, um, I mean, I also graduate this year from uh, school. so The COVID thing, bit, yeah. Yeah, so I got a bit to uh, kind of see where some opportunities take me for next year. Um, but, uh, you know, with the guys that are here, uh, I'm sure that – the no motivation will be lost to, to win another one. Um, you know, like I said, every year is different and every group of guys has their kind of own identity and own drive to win. Um, so I have no doubt that, that next year is, is going to be the exact same way that that same hunger to, to win again. Just given what your group has gone through with COVID and, and missing an entire year and another year that, was kind of all over the map. Does that make it a little bit more sweeter as well, just to play in that type of environment, almost 10,000 fans in Halifax, and, and make it worthwhile all the uh, sacrifices that you've gone through the last few years? I mean, yeah, it is, it is super special to kind of have that kind of atmosphere and, and, and livelihood back. I mean, and when it was, we had the Capital Hoops game earlier this year, it was the first time we've had a game like that since, since COVID. 
Um, and obviously that was a little bit more, <laughs> we had some more of our fans in the stands for that one. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the atmosphere in Halifax was, was incredible. Uh, you know, obviously playing the host team in the finals, uh, who, again, a great team in St. FX, uh, the fans really came out and supported them. Uh, obviously everybody was pretty much against us, uh, but we kind of just fed off that, um, kind of the villain energy, um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was super special uh, having that kind of atmosphere. I like that, the villain energy. Mm-hmm. Might have to steal that. It might have to steal that at some point. <laughs> was that was that a big motivator? Um, I mean, we know that being Carlton and the success that the program has had you know, long before the guys are here on the team have been here, that there's a target on the back of the program. and. Hmm. Obviously, nobody wants to see the same team win all the time. Uh, well, some of us do. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that would like to see somebody else win. So um, just kind of kind of taking that, like I said, that kind of the villain mentality and, you know, us, us against the world um, definitely, definitely is a motivator. How has it been playing for Taffy Charles and also having the resource that is Dave Smart around. Uh, I mean, not a lot of schools have two championship coaches uh, that they can draw from. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can't say enough about either of those guys. Uh, obviously, Dave coaching in my first year and kind of re- recruiting me to Carlton. Um, he's been amazing help for me for all my time here. Uh, and there's no doubt that, you know, I wouldn't be like the player I am or the person because if, uh, if Dave wasn't, you know, part of the program, part of my life. Um, and then Taffy, obviously it's a little bit, a little bit weird when, uh, you come in with one coach and then, you know, all of a sudden you're changing to another coach in your second year at the school. Um, but you know, I can't say nothing about Taffy and, uh, the hard work that he's put in with this team and, you know, trying to control all the different personalities and kind of balance that and, and, you know, working working with the guys on the team to to get the best out of us. So, like you said, there's not many programs that have two championship caliber te- uh, coaches on the team, uh, and there's no doubt that that plays into the into the success that we had this year. How have you seen Taffy grow as a coach? I mean, th- there's a a tough situation. I use the word I use the word grow, and I think about the shadow cast by Dave Smart that that he's been able to help get the program, well, not help, but um, get the program, maintain the program's excellence. How's, how has he grown as a coach in your time with the team? Um, I mean, you said uh, Dave's uh, obviously a big, big coach to come in after. Um, and I think Taffy's shown that, you know, he's definitely not in, in Dave's shadow in any mm. sense. They're, they're both great coaches in their, in their own respect. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think obviously men's and women's basketball is different um, in their own ways. And I think Taffy's done a great job of figuring out uh, with different ways of how to motivate people um, and, you know, making sure that he's very personable with us and uh, getting to know us as individuals so that he can get the best out of us on the court uh, for sure. You grew up, uh, Aiden, in a multi-sport family. I mean, your brother played in the OHL with the Ottawa 67s. Connor, uh, what made you choose basketball? 
Uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I just remember uh, I think basketball was one of the first sports that my parents put me in. It was like small ball when I was like four years old. And then I, I remember them asking me if I wanted to try hockey the next year. Uh, and I, I remember being a little bit nervous about when I was going to change lines and get off the bench. So I just decided <laughs> I'm going to stay, stay playing basketball. <laughs> but it, it seemed to work out all right. So yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's worked out pretty well for you. I think you made the right call. Aiden, uh, congratulations. That was an epic game. Uh, what a career you've had for Carlton. And if that's it, uh, what a way to go out. Uh, all the best in your future endeavors and enjoy uh, uh, this one. Hope you get uh, a little bit more celebration time back home as well. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on. Aiden Warnholtz, MVP of the Final Eight. What a player he is. Incredible. Yeah. Just to, you know, go in as, you know, a guy trying to, it's not like Phil and Thomas Scrub who came in as starters right away, right? Yes. He had to work for his time and, you know, once he became the guy. He was fantastic at it. And that's the thing about basketball. Basketball, you need players that want the ball when it matters most in crunch time and are going to make plays. And that was Aiden Warnholtz and Carlton in some very key moments yesterday as they win in double overtime against St. FX. This has to be a real special championship for all of these players that they'll always remember because they were they were vulnerable this year. Yes. Yep. There have been years where they have have had this powerhouse team and they're rolling through everybody. But this year's team, I mean, they lost back to back games against sub five hundred teams this year, yeah. which is kind of unheard of for this program. But to have the resiliency and the toughness to fight through that and win a championship speaks volumes about the entire program. Yeah, and he mentioned that, right? About the the doubts that certainly existed outside of the program and admitted that even in the inside, you lose a couple of games and you're like, oh, can we get this done? But that's got to be even more rewarding, right? When I asked him about putting them all in context and which mean the most and it, and great answer. Everybody's going to look at it through their personal lens. And like he said from the beginning, when didn't get a chance to be on the court much, becoming a leader and playing a key role in in helping the team win of course you're going to you're going to feel like that's a more special victory but good good for him good interview good talker all right when we come back we'll uh, we'll get to our new poll question inspired by you CJ both mm. the goaltenders and right now it seems pretty definitive what mm. the fans want. Okay, so this isn't a question that the Ivory Tower is going to be happy with then because he likes to have his all evenly distributed. Well, they can put their new poll question out tomorrow. Sure. Back with more in a moment. This is The Drive on TSN 1200. The Drive on TSN 1200, AJ Jakubek, Chris Stevenson, Cam Clement. How about this for teamwork? CJ came up with a possible poll question. And Cam just fired it out there. And we've already got 389 votes. Wow. In less than 25 minutes. Our web poll question of the day for the tool and equipment store. What do you think should be the Sens goaltending duo next season? Talbot Forsberg, Forsberg Sogard, or other? 
What are you voting? Because you asked the question, so. I feel like it's going to be Talbot and Forsberg. There's going to be so much on the line. I feel like they're going to want to go with the, the veteran guys. And, and after having watched Sogard, Mandelese, it, it feels like they're going to say that they can benefit, particularly Sogard, benefit from another year in the American Hockey League. Well, right now, 6% want Talbot and Forsberg back as their mm. starters next year. Yeah, I'm, and I'm just looking at it as like what's practical, Yeah, right? That's, that's the way I'm, I'm looking at it. 61% voting for Forsberg Sogard, right? The easy one is to say other. Now, it's the hard thing to actually accomplish because it means, yeah. all right, other. And there is the, what do you think it should be? What do you think it will be? I guess I, I just kind of go with what's, I think it's going to be, what it should be. I, I feel like it should be Forsberg and Sogard. 61% saying Forsberg and yeah. Sogard. That's. Like, I feel like. Given the age of those guys and whether you decide it's going to be Talbert or Forsberg, if you're not going to keep both of them, I feel like you really need to get the process of getting your next air quotes goaltender of the future ready to play. And and I feel like that's the best way to get Sogard ready now. This could be recency bias, but a couple of people commented Dem- uh, Demko and Forsberg. Yeah. I okay. think the, the problem is, and we had Matt Sakaris on last week when I was on In the Box with Steve Lloyd. He doesn't think they're going to trade Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Because then what's their answer? Yeah. So, now, to unless, me, that unless feels they, like a pipe dream. Unless you talk to Vancouver, and here we go again with trading another young goaltender, unless you're going to be Ottawa saying our time is now, and maybe are we open to a Sogard for Demko trade? Does Vancouver do, do well, that? Well, you'd do that in a heartbeat if you're Ottawa, but you would have to add. Right. That's why I'm saying it's not, it doesn't feel like it would be that easy to do. Because Vancouver's going to need an answer to their yeah. situation. I think the Canucks' answer is Thatcher Demko. Right. And he had a rough start, but he's been better lately. And guess what? They're winning games. Well, and the team was bad. Like, that's why it, so many times it gets tough to. Yeah. It gets tough to evaluate a goaltender just to, you know, that, and that was the genesis of this conversation was the, the season that Gustafson's having in Minnesota and how much of it is Minnesota, which is always, you know, you talk about a team's identity. The Wild have always kind of had the identity of yeah. being a pretty decent defensive team. Well, even, right, even when they started to get a little bit more entertaining and we're starting to shed that label, they've, I, I watched them in Calgary recently yeah. and they're, they're right back to that identity again. Yeah. It's funny how they can just kind of flip the switch and yeah. for a team that maybe it's like it's was in their DNA. Yeah. away from that, yeah. they just re- can easily revert back to that. So it's hard it's hard to separate the goaltender from from the team to a certain extent. To a certain extent. But now you look at it and whether you want to say it's a miss on the part of the Senators in, in trading Gustafson away. How much were Gustafson's struggles here in large part because of the team that was playing in front of him? I, that's a legit question. I don't have the answer, but I, 
watching all those games, you have to feel like that was a big part of, of Gustafson's struggles was just the, the defensive liabilities of the team that was playing in front of him. By the way, I see Great Britain's leading Columbia in the World Baseball Classic. Now, I know, especially in this tournament, I say that and maybe that can change in a Next heartbeat. Thing you know, yeah. This was from nine minutes ago. So a lot can change in baseball and in this tournament in nine minutes. Cam, are you... Uh... I don't believe this one's on uh, on TV. Yeah. But, yeah, no, they're they're leading in. They gave USA a, a good fight. So yeah, I don't know if they potentially took Canada lightly or maybe use their best arms against the U.S. Mm. and then yeah, yeah. give them a rest day and then they're back in there against Colombia. But, again, this could be huge for Canada because that... Either Colombia or Mexico, if they lose one, USA loses another one, Canada could get in at 2-2, two and two and mercying a team would uh, make you figure that they'll win the tiebreaker. Hmm. Canada playing the United States tonight. By the way, you know what? We might have to have, uh, might have to give Kevin Woodley a call. I just saw a quote from Kevin Woodley. We've had numerous times yeah. on goaltending <clears throat> yeah. expert. Great, great voice in the goaltender space, yep. He was on with Jason Greger today. Gustafson has given them great goaltending all season, and since mid-December, Fleury has been top 10 in adjusted numbers. They are getting great goaltending, and it will be interesting to see how they handle them in the playoffs. Hmm. As we continue to speak about Gustafson and what he's doing right now for Minnesota. In the end, you know what? Ottawa's got... I think they've got enough competent guys to at least get the job done if they're healthy. But the problem is this year, Talbot and Forsberg haven't been able to stay healthy. and Right. And even Sogard, right? That's yeah, I a think concern. at one point, like, Sogard had played, like, 60-something games over the last four seasons with COVID and everything else. Any injuries? The kid just doesn't have a lot of experience. Yeah. Marilinen, would you like to see him be the number one next year in Belleville? It feels like the time has come for him to play in North American rink. Because I haven't spoken to, you know, Gustafson at length and, and uh, Hogberg when he was here about the adjustment that it does take for European goaltenders to come over and play in North American rinks. So all, all things being equal, I feel the sooner that you can kind of get that process started for a young goaltender to get used to the American, American, North American uh, dimensions of the rink and, and the way the angles are a little bit different and the way the play comes at you faster because the rink isn't as wide. Um, yeah. I, I think that would be the way to go. It's interesting, UC Soros, because UC Soros had the record for most shutouts in a season in Finland, broken by Levy Marilainen yep. this season. After he left Finland, his next year he played 38 games in Milwaukee, just one in Nashville. Okay. So that's... That's a pretty good indication that, okay, if you're going apples to apples, which 
It's never apples to apples. No. I get it. But you'd like him to see a significant amount of games in Belleville next year. Yeah. And probably asking him to do more than that is a little much. The next year it was half and half, 15 games in Milwaukee, 21 in Nashville. Then 26, 31, 40, 36 in the COVID year. Yeah. But still more than half, 67 and now 49. So But there you go. You look at that journey, right? Look how long that took. Yeah. And again, COVID messed things up for all kinds of people. But we're talking about 23 full-time NHLer and 24, that's when he was a starter. Yeah. So even when things tend to go on the right curve, when it comes to your development path, as a goaltender, generally it's still going to take... Five years. Yeah, from the time you're drafted, yeah. right? And yeah. from the time you go professionally in North America, if you stay in Europe and come over as, like, Soros came over as a 20-year-old. Now, Marilinen's playing over there as a 20-year-old, so maybe he's a little further along. But you would think, at the very least, a full season in Belleville necessary for Marilinen, and then maybe he can make a push after that. Yeah. Yeah. But he certainly makes this discussion a little bit more interesting because... Absolutely. What a season. Yeah. What a season. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take some texts on the other side. 12-1200, where standard messaging rates apply. Might have a giveaway as well as we continue. With The Drive on TSN 1200. The Drive on TSN 1200, A.J. Jacobet, Chris Stevenson, Cam Clement. You know what? Let's give away some tickets. Four-pack of tickets. See the Ottawa 67s against Barry, March 25th. It's a 2 p.m. start. You can get your tickets at ticketmaster.ca. We'll take caller 12, 750-1200 right now. And you could be off to see the Ottawa 67s against Barry on March 25th. All right, well played with the journey, Cam, with journey in town tonight. Big concert at Canadian Tire Center. Kevin from Bell's Corners is in. I'm excited to watch my first ever journey concert in person. I will be in a suite with 11 other people since I won a suite, playing the Sparty Shuffle at the Sens game on my birthday. The lead singer is Filipino, and my mom's birthday is on Wednesday. That's from Kevin in Bell's Corners. Kevin, enjoy. Have a Glad great time, won. Kevin. Yeah. Ottawa's biggest sports fan. You bet. Always good to see him. He'll swing by sometimes and say hello when we're doing the uh, the pregame shows. Section 113. CTC. Cork and Canada writes, hey, boys, how bad are those Great Britain uniforms? They look like they found out they were in the tournament the day before and had to get <laughs> something quick. <laughs> Yeah, can you just give us something like, uh, oh, geez, just just put Great Britain on the front. Gray, maybe? Black lettering? I love this tournament. I do. It's <laughs> it's great. It, it makes me miss best-on-best best hockey 
Right. Which we haven't seen in forever. 20, what, 14? 2014. Yeah. I don't call that gimmicky 2016 tournament with the young guns. No, that was ridiculous. Yeah. The young guns in the North America and the Yeah. 2014. And the, yeah. It's almost been 10 years. Yeah. Which is really, really frustrating. There's been certain things that have happened, like the pandemic, that are out of your control. But you, you shouldn't. It's ridiculous that Connor McDavid is 26 years old. And he hasn't played in one of these tournaments for Canada. Like to me, that's that's an embarrassment. That's a t- that's, that's, a, that's a timely point that you make with Ottawa playing him tomorrow night. Well, and and that's a shame. And you talk about like we had Bob Stoffer on talking about the difference between Gretzky and yes, and and Connor McDavid. Well, I think with Gretzky winning four Stanley Cups, but not only that, just what he did internationally. Wink, I used to go, like, when my family went on vacation, and we, you know, I was fortunate I got to go on vacation numerous times, but we'd go to the United States, and you'd tell people you're from Edmonton, and you got two responses. Oh, that's where the mall is? Mm. That's where Gretzky is. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Like, I'll, I'll tell people Ottawa and Edmonton. I that generally, like, if I was at the World Cup, they'll say, like, where are you from? And I'm like, live, lived in Ottawa 17 years, but grew up in Edmonton because can kind of kill two birds with both stones, right? And now, like, no one talks about McDavid, hmm. which, like, in hockey circles, he's the best player, but he's yet to kind of transform hockey, which is what Gretzky did. That's fair. Yeah. And what, you know, all the best athletes have done. He hasn't transformed. And, and part of that, again, is the fact that he hasn't been on this dynasty championship team or anything like that. But part of the reason is, like, he no should world, be in the Olympics. No world stage. No world stage. Yeah. It's a, it's an absolute travesty what they've done. It's interesting you say that because it Gret, Gretzky's really the only player that that transcended his sport. Bobby Orr didn't. Gordy Howe didn't. Any of the other guys whose names come up when you start talking about who's the best player of all time, Morris Richard, yeah. whatever. None of those guys transcended the game. Like Gretzky has. It's a good point. Cam, who's our winner? Brittany Campbell. Congrats, Congrats Brittany. You're off to see the 67s and Barry on the 25th of March. Looking forward to the OHL playoffs this year. Oh, yeah. And the Q. Hopefully, it, oh, geez, yeah. What have they won in a row now? Olympics are going to How many have games in a row runs. have they won? Oh, I'll have to look. Man, yeah. Yeah, good point. It's going to be a great spring around here. Well, CJ, we're going to go. World already. Curling Championships coming, and yeah. I'm going to be working every day at the World Curling Championships. How it's good gonna, is that? It's going to be awesome. Early April, can't wait. Brad Gushu, Nicholas Eden, a lot of great curlers from around the world. Yeah. Well, CJ, we're going to go our separate ways here. Yes. As the song says. You are 10 to 2 tomorrow? Yeah, with Brad Fritch. And you're back in this time slot with Lever Sage tomorrow. I am. Looking forward to it. There might be some curling discussion tomorrow. We'll see. Love it. Cam, always great stuff. Right back at you.
Awesome stuff, guys. Our thanks to our guests today. Bob Stoffer and Aiden Warnholtz for Cam Clement, Chris Stevenson. I'm AJ Jacobek. Have yourself an awesome Monday.